This is former TNA World Champion Raven, and you're listening to TNA Cross the Line Podcast. Quote the Raven, nevermore. And don't cross the line. Or do cross the line. I'm not really sure if you're supposed to, you're not supposed to. I don't know. Whatever. You get it. TNA Wrestling. Cross the Line. And we're back with episode 99 of TNA Across the Line podcast. Hi, I'm Bob Collin Jr. With me, as always, is Dallas Gridley. And ladies and gentlemen, this week's episode, the first episode of this week, is the debut episode of Impact. Dallas, this is a moment that we've been waiting for for basically two years. How excited are you for some impact on fox sports that bob i i feel like we should be pouring champagne we should have confetti non-alcoholic for me but uh i really you know i this is this is a truly a fucking huge moment uh in this podcast and this is stuff i've been like really dying to watch for like years um so this is huge man i'm like really really excited about today's show and, you know, if you guys, you guys just listened to us, what, two days ago. That's right. This is the second. This is two episodes, guys. I mean, this is insane. I just, it's a treat. Well, and I said uh, first week of the, or first episode of the week, because my weeks uh, with how work is, is that Saturday is my Monday. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because this, you know, this episode is coming out. Saturday, June 4th, that's right, 18 years ago, today, is when this episode happened. And our other episodes are coming out on Thursdays now, so uh, we're, we're back on track of matching up the dates because of that goddamn leap year that happened in 2004. Yeah, jerks. Fucked us all up. So that's right, we have episodes coming out on Thursday with our weekly show or weekly pay-per-view shows, and now on Saturdays, you guys will be able to listen to us for Impact which is pretty freaking awesome. Uh, and you know, let's just get everything else out of the way, Bob. If you're not following us along on Twitter, be sure to do that. Over at Cross the Line TNA. You can find us on Facebook at TNA Cross the Line Pod. And you can also find us on Pro Wrestling Tees now. That's right, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Cross the Line TNA. Uh, as of this recording, there is only one design up. It's a logo tee, but there will be more added. And I'm hoping to have at least one more out by the time this episode airs. And it's one that I'm really excited about. Yeah, I know nothing about it. So everybody asking me about it, I know nothing. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can just you can just DM us on Twitter and I will probably be the one to answer you. Except sometimes Bob answers and then it throws me off because I'm like, wait, someone 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 chatted us and Bob answered them. And then sometimes I, I see questions and I'm like, I should probably let Bob answer that. And I was like, well, Bob probably not gonna answer that, so I'll just I'll just make it up. Since when do you get questions? I never see questions on there. Well, not necessarily in our DMs, but um, sometimes there's just stuff oh, that like I, tweets. Yeah, and sometimes I just don't know if I know the right answer to that. Mm. Like that happens a lot on IcoPod, actually. 
And I'm like, damn it, I really hope Austin or Bob's going to answer this one. And then no one ever answers it. <laughs> I never even see it. Well, That's right. it's okay. Um, so, freaking two days ago, Bob, we uh, we saw the first ever King of the Mountain match. That's right. That was pretty freaking cool. Uh, and, and I guess before we get too much further, here's here's what's going on, guys. Starting on today's show, what's going to be happening is on our Saturday shows where we cover Impact, we will talk about the pay-per-view that happened two days before. You know, makes sense, chronologically. And we are going to do notes before we get into the show. This is only 45 minutes. It's a very quick episode. It's not our normal two-hour pay-per-view. So we're going to do notes before the show covering last week and then you know whatever else we may have. And now on Thursdays on our weekly shows, we will pretty much do what we've been doing recently. We will be covering what happened on Impact. Then if there is other notes, we'll sprinkle them in throughout the show. So in turn... Uh, I I do think that both episodes are kind of not. I mean, there's probably our pay per views are obviously going to be a little bit over two hours still. That's just what they are. Impact's going to be a little bit less. If you're a fan of Icopod, it'll be probably a similar format, except we'll be talking about wrestling and not talking about stuff that probably no one cares about. Hey, Icopod. Hey, I listen, man. I love. I have a lot of fun at Icopod. Yeah. And we do watch the show. It is just unfortunately well, no, not I a mean, whole lot of good shit going on. Well, I mean, some of the ranting that we do before. Oh, before. Okay. Is like non wrestling, you know? That's true. That's what I mean. That's and it's true. a lot of fun. And it's, but we, we're going to be, talk, we have a lot of notes to discuss that are, that, you know, we've, as we've kind of gone through this podcast and gone, knowing some of this backstage stuff is, is really fun to see kind of how it, translates on screen and be like oh we know that this is going on and the fans in the asylum might not really know that and so it's kind of fun to look at it that way so similar format but it's all about tna wrestling here because let's be real bob 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 doesn't want to admit it tna wrestling it's really good shit uh i would say it's right now it's good it's really good shit. I don't know if it's really good <laughs> shit. Okay, let's recap the show real quick on the card, and then we will dive into some notes. I'm pulling up. Here it is. Okay. So, last week, or, oh my god, see, I'm already fucking up, Bob. Thursday. It was June 2nd. It was two days ago. We had a huge show. Team Canada, Bobby Roode and Petey Williams... Defeated Heavy Metal and Jerry Lynn in a tag team match. Because apparently Team Mexico and Team NWA, they're buddies now. We've essentially merged. We're friends. Uh, then we had Monty Brown defeating Sonny Siaki. Kazarian was defending his X Division title against the Amazing Red, and he retained it. Which I actually was sort of surprised about, but I'm glad they I'm glad they did that. So of course, heading right into the, the TV, we weren't really sure what was going to happen there. Then we had Abyss defeating D-Ray 3000. It was the first gut check, and he had to face a mystery opponent, and it ended up being Abyss. Yeah, and I think we all thought it was going to be David Young. Yeah, I definitely thought it was David Young. That was not the case. Uh, Dallas and Kid Cash defeated Dusty Rhodes and James Storm, and that was for the tag team titles, so they retained. Another thing I was wrong about, 
thought they were gonna do a little switch on us and then give it to Harris. But and then in the main event, the first ever NWA World Heavyweight Championship King of the Mountain match, where Jeff Jarrett has retained the NWA title by defeating AJ Styles, Chris Harris, Raven, and Ron Killings. And that was a lot of fun. That was a 20 minute match. Yeah, now I remember uh, going into that. Um, excuse me, whether it was Meltzer or Alvarez was saying it was kind of convoluted. And it's really not. I mean, it's really not. It's not I think. I think when it was first like announced, it's like what? Maybe they just did a bad job of like explaining what was going on. I think at it first, like, it's pretty simple concept. Yeah, um. But yeah, I thought it was actually a really good. Uh, I thought it was a really good gimmick. It's it is a really good gimmick match, in my opinion. I think I think it really is, and this kind of bounces off the idea that we're going to be having these new gimmick matches, essentially every week. They're saying because uh, we had the deadly draw match, which was like essentially it was like a gauntlet, right? And then we had the king of the mountain, and who knows what's going to happen Thursday on the show? Will we give any hints of that? On today's impact, I don't know. We'll find out. I I have to think that they will, right? You got. Well, you, I they feel have like to, you have they have to. to use this as like their their nitro. Like, oh, check out the. There's the only difference that their pay per views every week. Right. No, I think they definitely have to. At least something. You have to do something. Yeah. So we'll yeah. see how that goes. Um, so me and Bob gave that show a thumbs up because it was a lot of freaking fun. Mab, what do you think that the readers of the Wrestling Observer thought about last or er, <laughs> Thursday show? I'll get used uh, to it. Yeah, we will. We have to get used to it. I, I'm going to say that they went with a thumbs up. They did 100% again. Gave the show a thumbs up. Well, it's uh, 10 people. No, Bob, it's 27. Oh, okay, well, that's good. So you know what? Whatever. Uh, and the best match on the show. The King of the Mountain. Yeah, it's kind of obvious here. The King of the Mountain. Uh, and in second place was actually the Jerry Lynn Heavy Metal and versus Team Canada tag match. And what was voted on as the worst match? Uh, I'm going to say they went with uh, Storm and Rhodes against Cash and Dallas. No, they actually went with D-Ray 3000 and Abyss. See, now that was my second. That was going to be my second guess, but... Yeah, it's definitely... Uh, I didn't think they'd go with it. Yeah. But hey, you know what? That's okay. Um, so it's kind of it's noted here that the difference was the crowd, which for whatever reason was the hottest TNA crowd in a long time, Dave says. Hmm. They've had crowds hot for certain matches, but this crowd was into everything on the show. Uh, then he goes on to say, at first I thought it was that Scott Demore and the Team Canada gimmick generated so much heat live in the opener but it stayed that way for Monty Brown and Siaki, uh, two guys who weren't even in a program in the second match. Uh, and, of course, we know that Team Canada is now feuding with Team TNA and Team AAA, or it's Team NWA, actually, but whatever, uh, who have joined forces. So they're kind of continuing that feud from the World X Cup. Uh, they've also continued the Eric Watts Goldilocks Abyss storyline with a new twist. And, Bob, I actually forgot this happened, which is kind of funny. Um where they revealed that Watts is married to a woman named Georgia, which he actually is. Um, 
very weird as Watts is the babyface here and Goldilocks is the psycho. Yet he was he was the one cheating. Now it got even weirder because she came out with a briefcase filled with tons of money, which was supposedly Watts money. But Watts ended up being banned from the arena by Vince Russo, so naturally he showed up. He ended up beating up Abyss, took the briefcase, was booted out by security, and in the parking lot, Russo came out, told Watts to trust him and give back the briefcase, and then he gave it back to Goldley. Right, so it was never mentioned previously that he had a wife? I don't, I don't know if it was. I thought, it, I thought they already kind of like spoiled the beans on that, but maybe, maybe not. I, um, I, I can't remember 100%. I don't recall. Yeah, I just, I can't remember. But I, at the same time, that's not like a bombshell thing to me. Like, oh my, oh my God, a wife. Like, it just, I feel no. like they probably want more of that. And like, that's not how I'm feeling coming out of that. Yeah, no, I mean, I just think it's kind of funny. Because as you're saying, or as it's kind of described, it's like, it's just weird. Like, why would you, especially giving the, uh, the fact that he is the baby face and she is the psycho heel. Right. I mean, are people supposed, where's the, who's getting the sympathy here? Is it supposed to be for Eric Watts who is cheating on his wife and now his, um, his like side lover is taking all of his money or is the sympathy supposed to go to Goldilocks who apparently didn't realize in the story, I guess, that Eric was married and is now trying to steal his money as like some level of revenge. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I mean, who do you, I don't think you feel bad for anybody in this situation. This is the type of story that you would watch on like Maury Povich or uh, Mm -hmm. Jerry Springer and then be like, I don't feel bad for either one of you or like Dr. Phil being like, what is, why are you guys even together? What are we doing? Right. Well, it's very much like daytime TV. Oh yeah. Like talk show um, storyline. And actually, I think, I don't know, I guess it's what, I think it's just gone on too long. Like, do we need to be continuing it? No. Goldilocks controlling Abyss with all our weird personalities and stuff is fine. I think that's fun. We can do that. Sure. But Watts coming back into it to, st- <laughs> to still be going after Goldilocks, and now all of a sudden she comes in like, look at my briefcase of money, is just like so weird to me. Like, I just I just don't get it. Like, why are we still doing that? Yeah, it's it's just uh, it seems it feels like a storyline that doesn't have like a direction to it, and they're just trying to add things that oh this is good, and not realize that it just doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's come. We'll see where that ends up going. Hopefully, they. I, this is going to sound stupid, but I really kind of hope they just keep that on the pay per views. Don't put that on Impact, please. <laughs> just keep it on the pay per view. Well, you know, since Fox Sports Net is all about like a family-oriented show, I mean, how, yeah. that storyline isn't really, you know, that's kind right, of right, right. That's true. That's true. It's adult, I guess, maybe. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, kind of continuing on here with last week's notes, um, Dave notes that the crowd was hottest for the Kid Cash in Dallas title defense over Dusty Rhodes and James Storm, and he says that Dusty Rhodes by far got the biggest reaction of ever anyone. Uh, it was five minutes before they locked up, uh, and the crowd went nuts with every Rhodes gyration, uh, even though it it was a lot different watching on TV as nothing happened forever. 
And I think that is extremely important to note because being in the arena or the TNA asylum, when everyone's going nuts, probably was a lot of fun. But it literally, the fact that it was five minutes before they locked up, it felt longer than that watching it. Right. I mean, it was brutal. I was like, Bob, <laughs> we were talking about other shit and we're like, guys, nothing, nothing's happened. Still Liter- nothing. Literally. Not- and then the match is going and we're talking about nothing has happened still. Yeah. It was kind of brutal. No, it was. I mean, and both and both of their matches have been really right. So I can't wait for the third one. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we know Jeff Jarrett regained the uh, NWA title the day before the TV taping happened. That's right, they taped it on Thursday. Uh, in that King of the Mountain match over the two-week champion Ron Killings. AJ Styles, Raven, Chris Harris. The King of the Mountain gimmick was that a wrestler couldn't win the match until he had scored a pinfall. Whenever someone lost, they would be put into the penalty cage for two minutes. To win, you had to get the belt from Vince Russo, uh, who literally every time the belt got dropped, he grabbed it. Uh, And go through all the wrestlers to climb to the top of the ladder and hang the belt up. Dave notes, while the rules were confusing, the match came across well. Everyone had scored a pinfall by the 16-minute mark. And they did the ladder match spots from there. And then he kind of goes into a bunch of the bumps. But if you want an in-depth of all that craziness, go ahead and listen to last week's episode. But you guys already did that. You already already did. You better have, at least. Yeah. Uh, One piece of the hook kept falling off. And, you know, I think uh, we remember that very well. Because the actual finish was kind of embarrassing. As Jarrett had to re-hook it, then put the belt up to win in 20 minutes and 10 seconds. And, Bob, do you remember something happened after the show? After the the match, I should say. Very briefly, on camera, and that's when the show ended, with the former gorgeous George George. walking out. She is going by Stephanie Blair's. Blair's. I think that's her real real name. Yes, I believe it is. Uh, And Mike Tanay seeing saying, I haven't seen her in years while not identifying her. Um, so she has been working as both a touring stripper on weekends using the name George Frankenstein, as well as a bartender and hostess at the Crystal Springs County <laughs> Country Club in Hamburg, New Jersey, using the name George and telling people that she prefers the name Stephanie. She's now married to a member of the Misfits, the rock group, which... Dave says that worked WCW, but I think uh, most people know who the Misfits are. Uh, It is said that she was very tolerant of the fact that many people tried to do the Randy Savage voice uh, and imitations and when when they make orders from her. Uh, That's probably a heart connection since she was in XFW or XWF, excuse me. Uh, Heart had taken a lot of Jerry Jarrett's uh, duties as well, so that's probably... Jimmy Hart kind of bringing her in there. Uh, okay, so she she apparently I think she married Jerry only, didn't she? That sounds familiar to me. I could be wrong, but I do remember that. Um, and I think the rumor was that she had been seeing him even while still with Macho Man. Would that surprise you? No. no. No, that would not surprise me at all. No, it would not. 
Uh, it doesn't say under. Oh wait. Yeah, it's definitely Jerry only. There we go. Well, wait, Doyle. His name's Paul. What does he go by? Man, I don't Doyle. know. I don't know all the misfits names. Oh, his own band, previously known as Doyle. He looks like uh, a guy here. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, he he was definitely in there. Oh well, see, so if it, if it's uh, is it is it Doyle that she his dated, name, or is it Jerry his, only? Okay, so his name is Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein. Okay, so that's what I was gonna mention. Is, is that a she, different pie guy? That's a different guy. Jerry only is uh, yeah, he, that's that's a different guy. Jerry okay. only, I think, is the one that. I feel like you've seen more famous pictures with like Vampiro. I might be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure. No, you're sure. right. No, you're right. That's who that. That's who um, right. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe it is Doyle. No, it might be Doyle. I don't know, man. They all got the same hair and makeup. It's kind of hard to tell. But anyways, I was gonna make the mention because if she's going by George Frankenstein, that's that's got to be why. So probably, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And in case anybody's wondering, they got divorced in 2013. Yeah. Well. Sorry it didn't work out, George. I hope that you made some money talking shit about Macho Man in the uh, A&E biography. But... I'm sure she didn't. I hope she didn't. At least not enough to justify it. That's right. Um, okay, so we're going to dive into some notes. There's actually not a ton more to talk about, but let's uh, let's just kind of get going with it. And um, then we'll get into the show, man. There's not explosion notes, of course. I'm going to keep explosion notes to the weekly pay-per-views because they're taped at those shows, even though they technically air after Impact, usually the day after. But they're taped at pay-per-views. That's where we're going to keep them. Uh, But there is some dark matches we'll talk about, but we'll get there. Um, So Jerry Jarrett is out of the hospital and was at the June 2nd show in Nashville, but didn't go to the show in Orlando because he, he wasn't up to it. So Jerry Jarrett is not at today's show. So... It does. Uh, apparently, he was in worse shape beforehand than anyone let on. Uh, he was backstage and mentioned to Jimmy Hart that he felt like there was a weight on his chest and he was feeling faint. Hart and Burt Prentice rushed him to the hospital, and Jarrett actually didn't want to go. They probably saved his life, as when he got there, his heart rate was off the charts, hitting 270 to 280 beats per minute. Uh, he's doing rehab exercises and was, all things considered, looking great. So he was in pretty rough shape. Uh, with a heart rate that's like that high, I mean, it's got to feel like your heart's coming out of your chest, right? I mean, that's oh, I could only imagine that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's oh, pretty shit. nuts. And he was like, you know, I don't want to go to the hospital. What? That's what that's that's such like an old timer thing. Like, I, I ain't going to the hospital. Nah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Jeff. I'm fine. Jeff, my heart rate's this like this because Vince doesn't know what he's doing, and I'm watching the show, and my heart's just like, what are we doing? Yeah, so, well, Jerry Jarrett's doing good. And, he, you know, he's still, he's still alive today. So, you know, good thing he went to the hospital. Yes, he is, yeah. yeah. Um, Jimmy Hart is leading the local promotion for the Orlando shows since he lives near the area. He went to Universal a few times last week with Ryan Wilson as a giant masked man called Titus. Um, and Johnny Fairplay trying to drum up interest. So that is what Jimmy Hart was using as promotional stuff. Is a giant Ryan Wilson 
who we had known from the wretched security. Right. In a mask. Yes, and his name is Titus. Titus. Which is weird that they're using him to promote, as we have never seen him. Like that. Like right. This... Right. We have never seen him as Titus. Uh, do you think that they put a mask on because, I mean, his face isn't very marketable? Like, it's not very friendly looking. Maybe. Or maybe it's it could it be because they they just wanted to re, they want to try to use him again and repackage him and since he's so big they're like if we put a mask on him he'll be scarier because he doesn't have like a very like intimidating face no he does not I um, think that's I whereas know. like Kevin Northcutt like he kind of looks like he could beat my ass Ryan Wilson not really I mean he could because I'm little but <laughs> he right. doesn't. He's, I'm not like, oh, okay, his scary. You would have scary. you would have a tough time with uh, D-Ray 3000. Okay. Moving on. I think David Young could beat you. David Young could definitely beat me. And he is Owen who knows what, but we all know it's it's bullshit. Yeah. It's fine. Um, but kind of bouncing off of fair play. Uh, there was considerable controversy about Fairplay not being on the first TV show. So I'm just telling you now, Jenny Fairplay isn't on the show. Uh, the feeling was that he put TNA over on the final Survivor episode and the company hadn't used him. So the flip side is the feeling that he's not worthy as a performer because he gets so fidgety and nervous. Uh, this is by Dave Meltzer. In case Fairplay decides to listen again. Not for me. Uh, he was openly complaining at the show and went to Bob Carter, who made a rare appearance at the show, not realizing that he it hasn't done anyone any good to go over the Jarrett's head, or Jeff Jarrett specifically, because Carter knows that they don't know wrestling like the Jarrett's and leave the talent decisions to them. So their the fair play is still kind of floating around, and they're just not wanting to use him. Uh, which, not, that's weird. Like, why would you bring him to the shows if you're not going to... Even put him on TV. Right. Uh, and kind of continuing on that a little bit. So Survivor All-Stars Million Dollar winner Rupert was talked about doing that feud with Fair Play, as had been discussed for months. And we've talked about it many times. Uh, he was talked with, and as we figured, now that he's won a million dollars, his price went way up, and it's far less likely to happen. So we're probably not getting that Johnny Fair Play Rupert uh, blow-off we've all been waiting for. Poor guy, poor Rupert, thinking that a million dollars is going to change his life when once you pay taxes on that, it's pretty much cut in half. And then uh, it's really not that much money, especially if it's just one time. Right. He probably should have taken a deal to to work with Fair Play. But... Hey, not everything can work perfectly, you know? Uh, let me go back up here to the top um, because there is a note about Jeff Jarrett. This is with um, this is also in the Observer. This is from June fourteenth. I think what we have been reading so far. Oh no, it is also from June fourteenth. It's just in a separate section. I don't have any Brian Alvarez notes, which makes me happy. <laughs> That's always the positive going into these. Um, Jeff Jarrett did a lot of uh, local uh, publicity. Uh, he did an angle with Russ Rollins, who is the host of the Monsters of the Morning Drive time show. Uh, and that's the most popular Orlando-based show. 
and it also took Bubba the Lunch budget. Bubba the Love Sponge's spot in the Tampa market. So this show is pretty big. Uh, well, he brawled with the host of the show, and Jarrett and Jimmy Hart set up the angle and told Russ to keep it from everyone so that people on the air at the station would think it was real. Now, supposedly, the folks at Universal were very upset about this, wanting a family-friendly product, until Hart explained it was a pro wrestling angle designed to get people to come to the show. The host was there, got a huge reaction, uh, and said that he knows that wrestling is fake. What a great thing to say to a wrestling audience mm. right as the taping is getting going. So I believe that this was before the show. Uh, but what happened is he and Jarrett, but what happened with he and Jarrett that morning was real. So he said he knows it's fake, but that was real. And nothing came of it during the taping. So that was all pre-show like bullshit that ended up happening. Mm-hmm. But getting on a big radio show like that, um, it seems like it's a pretty big deal. Uh, this one's pretty interesting, Bob. I think I only have two more things. Nah, I got a, a couple of very, very small ones. But um, you remember that Jimmy Hart was saying that the Ultimate Warrior wanted, he's like Ben Collin, wanted him to come work? Yeah. Yeah, well, he wasn't. Uh, and, uh, <sighs> Jim, and Jim Helwig is very upset about this. Oh, no. Yeah, so Jim Helwig, the Ultimate Warrior, was upset at Jimmy Hart for claiming in some media interviews that Ultimate Warrior was calling TNA about coming in. <sighs> Helwig wrote on his website saying that it was a lie uh, by what he wrote, which often is hard to decipher, Dave says. He did give the impression that he had been called. And he says, quote, if there were or are to be any phone calls made, it's you making them because you need an Ultimate Warrior, not because I need you. He claimed they used the, quote, Ultimate Warrior's name to create buzz for your soon-to-be failing, always failing wrestling ventures. And speaking of Hart, he looks to be off Memphis TV for a while, even though they just got uh, his angle where he was managing Jerry Lawler going due to his duties here. So, yeah, the Ultimate Warrior is not coming in. <laughs> I love it that he, that he was just like, now nah, he's lying. What is Jimmy going to say to that? Not, oh, yeah, I was. You can't deny that he lied now. I love it. I love it. That's spectacular. Um, uh, this year says that they had to approach the FSN deal, whether this is a valid premise or not, that they are mainly introducing a product to a new audience. I think that's pretty obvious, though. But mm-hmm. uh, while a lot of people, and rightfully so, consider this the Jeff Jarrett vanity promotion, he was the best guy to go into the new television as champion. Uh, this is what Dave says. Uh, they also need to pick one baby face, whether it be Harris or Styles, who it is clear who it is clear is the guy getting the push and build a fairly decent lengthy program chasing and getting it. Because long term, Jarrett can't be the guy. It also should be noted that in the booking process, I have noted that Jarrett was insistent upon being champion when the TV started and inordinate time in booking meetings is spent on his angle. So Jarrett insisted that he goes into this like that. And and Dave agrees that he's the best one to do that in the company. But I think we kind of decided that we thought maybe Styles should have kind of been the one. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if he had better, a better presentation uh, heading into it, yeah. Right. Well, what can you do? Uh, and kind of speaking about Jarrett, now he decided to against giving Conan his release. So he's staying. Huh. Uh, and it was said to be kind of embarrassing 
for him because the week earlier he told everyone he's getting his release and saying goodbye. Right. So Conan is officially staying at least for another year because oh. that's what his what his deal is for. So. Well, that's business, you know. I mean, that's I business. Guess they see value in having Conan stick around, and I guess you would want to have as many recognizable names as possible for your. Now you have a TV show, so and people right. know Conan. So, whether yeah. you like him or not, what can you do? Uh, it's also said here that Hector Garza has reached a deal where he'll be in most Wednesdays and Thursdays and work AAA on the weekends. So we should be seeing a lot more of Hector Garza here in TNA, which is pretty cool. I do like him. And then I have one final note here, and it's a there. It's actually kind of a two-parter because it kind of it's just not broken up in the actual thing here. But uh, Shane Douglas looks to be moving from a talent role to working as an agent and doing backstage interviews. It's also said here that Terry Taylor was back, so he's officially been rehired. Jerry Lynn was also hired to be an agent, although he'll continue wrestling. Uh, Ricky Morton was backstage at the show in Nashville because his nephew, who Dave says uh, is potentially Brandon Morton, refereed on Explosion. So I'm wondering if... Was that the guy we didn't know? I'm wondering. I mean, that was a couple weeks ago now, but I have a feeling that could have been him. It probably was. Right. Um, and then also, even though he's been he's being brought back, heavy metal is having a lot of things said negative about him, similar to Juventud Guerrero. So on June second show, mm. the feeling was that he didn't sell enough, and he also gave Lynn the hot tag two minutes earlier with Lynn screaming at him not to, which caused the match to end two minutes early. When asked about it, he responded that sometimes in Mexico you change things on the fly. <laughs> All right, so we won't be seeing heavy metal probably. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I feel that's going to be fading out. The countdown begins for heavy metal to be uh, let go. Right. Brother. That's amazing. Um, so that's all my notes. I want to mention the couple dark matches that we had, and then we're going to get right into this Impact Show, man. All right. I'm freaking ready. Oh, don't you worry, Bob. I have a crowd number. We'll talk about that once we once we see the arena. Are you doing the dark matches as the show's going on or now? I'm going to do them right now. Just oh, Let's okay. just get them right out of the way because then we can – I want to truly absorb what we are about to watch. Okay. So there was a couple dark matches, and one actually happened after the show as well. So Sonny Siaki and Pat Kenny and Desire defeated Johnny Swinger, Glenn Gilberti, and Trinity in a dark match. Then there was a non-title match where Heavy Metal defeated Frankie Kazarian. Wow. Which is pretty interesting. Yeah. And then after the show happened, Ron Killings won a gauntlet battle royal. And I can get you the names of the people who were in that gauntlet as well. It looks like it was Monty Brown, Ron Killings, Sabu, Raven, David Young, Pat Kenny, Johnny Swinger, Kazarian, Glenn Gilberti, Sonny Saki, and Abyss. We're all in that gauntlet match, and Ron Killings won that after the show aired. Now, you know, full transparency here. I don't believe these matches show up anywhere else. If we say them again, we'll say them again. But it happened on today's show. I say the same thing when we, if we repeat matches for Explosion that were taped on certain shows. Uh, I didn't see it. I didn't see them anywhere. So I am. Uh, I'm saying we're safe. But do you think that 
if there's any possible way that Kazarian was supposed to go over, but Heavy Metal was like, you know, sometimes you know, things change. Change on the fly, man. Sometimes in Mexico. So I thought I'd go over. Who freaking knows, dude? Who knows? Because <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah, it would. Uh, all right. Well, if that's everything, then this is the moment we've been waiting for for quite a while. Uh, just a heads up, similar to what Dallas was talking about. I am not doing indie notes on impacts. I will do it on the weekly TV shows, or the weekly pay-per-views, as long as those are still in existence. So coming out of the weekend, I will keep everyone post on what people are doing. But here we go. I'm going to count down from three. And when I say play, that's when I'm going to hit that good old-fashioned play button. If you want to follow along, head over to Impact Plus. The runtime for this is roughly 46.16. Are these on Impact Plus? Yes. Okay. Head over to Impact Plus. Impact Plus has, I think, up until like March 08 or something like that. And then there's like a gap and then whatever. Wait, the they, they have, that is on there. Do they have the... F- we can talk about it during the show. Okay. I'm going to count down from three. <laughs> when I say play, follow on with us. Or... Just listen to us probably y'all be all giddy and like, oh, this is great. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, play. Oh, yeah, Bob. Look at this intro. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, We're getting a ton of clips from, of course, the weekly shows because that's all the footage they have. A lot of big moves there. Of course, you got to show Sting. Now, this music is not what they would end up using. Oh, okay. So this is Studio a, 21, Universal did. Studios. We have a voice over here. Total nonstop action, wrestling impact. Look at this. Okay. Let's just say it off the bat, Bob. This looks way more professional than what we see on the weeklies. Oh, yeah. We're getting another kind of intro package here. Impact. Oh, fuck. Dude, I got chills. I literally got chills. There's the six-sided ring, the fucking laser lights. Oh, my God, the tunnels. (laughs) Dude. This is what I've been waiting for. We got freaking pyro. We got laser lights. Bob, how many people do you think are in the Universal Studios crowd tonight for this Mm -hmm. debut show? 800. You're pretty damn close. We are at 850, which is a sellout. And it's, of course, all paper because we're at Universal Studios. Uh, At some point during the show when I can get my excitement levels down a little bit, uh, I did look up ticket prices for Universal Studios at this time. So we can bring that up as well. I got to pull up the article. But Team Canada starting us off. Six-man tag action. Now, these are, I'm telling you, this is a show I don't think I've ever, at least I don't remember, fully ever watching. So this is new to me. So Scott Demore is bringing down Bobby Roode, Eric Young, and Petey Williams. And there has been a noticeable absence here in Team Canada, and I, I don't see uh, Johnny Devine. Unless he snuck by, and I didn't, but it's, I guess, a six-man, mm-hmm. so he'd be ringside if he was. I don't think I saw him either. All right, so, as you know... We got the double tunnels. That means one side, generally the heels come out of, and then this side, here come the baby faces. Here comes Amazing Red. Team, Team International. International. 
Red Rocks. How many of these people in the crowd do you think actually know what's going on? Um, I I need to like see them a little bit better to like truly know, because I feel like you can tell fake excitement from like people who, right. who care. Rudy Charles is our referee, just so. Oh, here comes Hector Garza ripping his pants off. Hector Garza. Dude. This is an interesting match. Team Canada against Team International. We haven't even seen Tanay and Don West yet. They didn't open him with him or anything. And here, look at here come triple dives. And look at this, Bob. At the top of our screen, it looks like this must have a 10-minute time limit. We are getting a countdown of the time. Right. And it says Team Canada versus Team International. Fox Sports not up at the top. Trying to give that more sports-like feel to the, the show. Total Warhol head. Oh, he's going again. Dot. Nice We're going so quick into this. I can like barely take this in. I'm like so freaking excited right now. Seeing the six-sided ring alone, Bob, I was getting so oh, so here's the thing. I've been getting so freaking itchy watching this shit. Uh wait. Okay, so if there's a time limit draw, there will be a judge to render decisions, they're saying on commentary. And actually at the, at the bottom of the screen, we're getting results from the show. Uh I'm Wednesday. Uh, so I've been getting so so itchy about this. I I couldn't help myself. I bought a six headed ring playset <laughs> on oh, eBay. I had to. You didn't have to. Yeah, I did. I had to do it. You wanted to. No, I well, I did want it, but I also had to do it. Oh, let's see. Oh, main event, X Division, four-way match. We know three of the four people. Michael Shane, Primetime Elix Skipper, and Chris Sabin. And there's be another person in that as well. Tanae is talking up the six-sided ring. So many more options to use high-flying moves, more spring off the ropes. There's just, there's just two more turnbuckles. Dude, there's so many more options. I don't know if I believe that. It's just, yeah. I guess I you don't can, know. You can only use one turnbuckle at a time, really, unless you springboard. But look at that view up above the six-sided ring. See, what's really interesting is there's technically less people in this building than there generally is, at least as of recently, in the asylum. But the way it's laid out makes it look more full. Yeah. Petey getting a two count after a wheelbarrow bulldog with the assistance of Bobby Roode on red. Almost three minutes. That's right. Now. Six extra turnbuckles, two extra ring posts, Bob. That's right. More impact than a four-sided ring. That guy right there, Bob, does not give a fuck about what's happening. No, he's a frat example. guy. Yeah, dude, this is, this is guard. Yeah, dude. I'm here with my I bros. Know, I know exactly who Amazing Red is, dude. He's good, dude. Oh, 
Uh, now they're plugging the pay-per-views, of course. That's going to be a major focus, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, of course. Okay, so as this matches, I'm, you know, I'm kind of calming down a little bit, Bob. I found an article in the Orlando Centennial. Now, this article is from December 18th, 2004, and actually it was really helpful because this is the third time that year that they raised the price. So I do have the price when this aired. Huh. Um, okay. So I'm going to scroll down a little bit. So in the beginning of 2004, a, t- a one-day ticket cost $51.95. Now, in January, it went up $2. And then it went another $0.80 cents up in April. <laughs> And then another five dollars, the the month that we're talking here. So, oh my god, that was in two thousand four. So oh. our grand total before that five dollar raise looks to be about fifty four seventy five to attend a one day ticket to the show. So if you wanted to go to this show, only this show, we talked about this last week, would you pay fifty four seventy five to go to this? It was probably with the dark match and stuff. And who knows what else they did? You know, probably about two hours. Pretty damn close to it. Uh, do I do I know, like, what's going on? Um, I guess you probably don't. I if bet I you don't, did. probably not. Well, wait, it's, well... <laughs> I wouldn't be buying the ticket to solely go to that to go go to the show well so you gotta think about that way too because yeah. you could do other stuff right sanjay holy shit so he just did like a somersault hurricane rana onto hector garza and then gets taken out by eric young the wheelbarrow dropping down code red let's see red got rid of his do rag it's the code red he didn't really do like a power bomb it wasn't as good as normal hate to say it. oh my god canadian destroyer oh that should be it then hector garza comes in very fast paced in this match oh reverse power bomb by hector garza I also feel like if you look at the hard cam side, as is Duck going for the uh, Hindu press, but he gets stopped by Rude. You can see all these people just chilling. Those people just walked in absolutely. Yeah, they don't know what they're watching. Most of them, I would say. Oh, Hector Garza climbing up. The Tornil. Oh. Twisting moonsault. He gets it. Hector Garza gets a pin on Rude. I'll tell you, I was not expecting that. The remaining time in this match was three minutes and 41 seconds. So that's what, just over six minutes? 619? Yeah, something like that. I was not expecting uh, for them to win that. Wow. All right. That was, a, that was a fine match. Yeah, and here we are with a little recap of what happened on Wednesday for the King of the Mountain match. Oh, the first great. ever King of the Mountain match. I'm sure that you'll be seeing that graphic on the uh, TNA Twitter page. The King of the Mountain graphic. Maybe. I feel like I, I, feel like I saw you clicking. <laughs> I think I might have missed it, but I will go back. What? Come on now. What are we doing? 
winning the NWA world title for a third time. Mm. This is quite a dramatic voiceover. He'll be returning to pay-per-view this Wednesday night to crown himself the new king of the mountain. Like a rude suck fried. I can't believe it. Live exclusively, we're going to find out a new number one contender. They're essentially just what they're hyping up. Hmm. Check out nwatna.com for updates. Now, that's interesting because... Look how they have people standing there. It's very interesting. But once again, it looks good filled out. Here we go. (gasps) Don. Don? He's not wearing a shirt. He's wearing a very nice button-up... Is it a jacket or is it a shirt? But it has the TNA logo on it. The collar's throwing me off, but I really like that shirt a lot. Of course, Mike Tanay in the tuxedo. It's not about weight limits, about no limits. I can't believe he's not wearing his... Dude, he's going to get so many hate emails. I wonder if on the weeklies he'll wear it still. He's got to, right? He has to. Okay, here's some highlights from the first two years, Bob. Okay. Flashback, two-year anniversary. If I don't, if I don't see Lenny and Lodi, I'm going to be pissed. Toby Keith. You mean Bruce? We didn't see Lodi. That's right. Yeah. Lenny and Bruce. No, we see Toby Keith, though. The very first show. See, the sad thing is even this first show, like the presentation... It's not, it wasn't bad, really. No. But it definitely had, like, WCW vibes. Oh, yeah. Very WCW vibes. Remember, I believe the ring they were using was a WCW ring. hmm I think Jeff Jarrett has gone on to say, if you flip the TNA, I think yeah. it's either the mat or it's the ring skirt. You flip the it skirt. over, it's a, it's a fucking Nitro logo. And then look, Fair Play and Brian Urlacher. That was all the clips they showed? <laughs> yeah, so we're going to be celebrating two-year anniversary all through June. So we'll be seeing more oh, as we continue more. watching. The first two that you choose, though, are Toby Keith and... First show, Bob. They're, they want to use those big celebrities. Fair play. Look at the laser lights. Oh, yes. Is that, a, is that a plant sign? TNA Impact rocks? Probably. Probably. I don't care. Whatever. How would they know it rocks? This is the first time this happened. It's wrestling reinvented total nonstop action wrestling. Abyss clip. Look at the tunnels. Oh shit! It's Shark Boy. Wow. Who is he gonna get murdered by? <laughs> One of the cult favorites in wrestling. It's actually is Shark Boy not a perfect fit for going to like Universal Studios to oh, do this yeah. though? Dude, I mean, hit with the kids. Give me a break. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> okay, we got the behind shot of Abyss coming out of the tunnel. No Goldilocks. No Goldilocks. He got that chain around his neck, though. Okay, well, it was good seeing you, Shark Boy. Yeah, I'm gonna say so. The time there's no way this is a ten minute time limit. But probably I'm, well, I'm sure it is, but that don't mean it's going to go that. Yeah, I'm going to say that it will go 53 seconds. Oh, just rang. 
Oh, see, so we got 10 minute time limit. So let's see if it makes it all the way. Abyss for a shark boy here. Oh, crap. They're mentioning Sorry, the Golden Locks, Eric Watts thing. Oh, he's biting his hands. Come on, 53 seconds. Drop kick by Shark Boy. Staggering Abyss. Laying in some punches in the corner. We know that's going to be followed up by a bite. Oh, no. Abyss oh. pushes Shark Boy off. Ducks the clothesline from Abyss. Oh, look at Goldilocks is watching from backstage. The modified stunner there by Shark Boy. Now he's going to the top. Oh, he got caught. Come on. Oh. I don't think oh. my fit. I don't think my fifty. It's gonna go longer than fifty-three seconds. Damn it! I don't think very much. Oh, splash in the corner. Wow, it's already been a minute. So fuck. Shit. Wait, let's see. Like a minute twenty. Do you have a name for the shot? Oh, he didn't hit it, so it didn't matter. That was going for the shock treatment. There he is, black hole slam. That should do it. That's a three. Bob, you're pretty close. I mean, you weren't very far off. Well, it's it, it was it's not eight forty one. It was over eight forty seven, so it's about a minute thirteen. Damn it. You know what? Good thing for Shark Boy, he probably just got three hundred dollars for uh, a minute seventeen worth of work. Hey, good for him. If you guys are following along, we are at sixteen minutes and seventeen seconds. And no, we do not have an or twenty nine fifty one. Oh, Popeye, dude, Popeye from Universal Studios is here, dude, mm. with Shark Boy. Austin would turn this off and say, "I fucking hate this. I'm never yes, watching he again." Sure would. What? All he's doing is just celebrating with him. Yeah, dude. And Austin would say, "I'm not watching this. I'm turning it off, and I'm never watching again." Yeah, he would. Showing sure blame him. They didn't do. How does that hurt what we just saw? So yes, I can. Because it's just it's it's childish. Jesus it's Christ! Not wrestling. Jesus Christ! Here we go. America's most wanted coming out of the <laughs> tunnel. I love the tunnels, man. Well, now this is a this is a big match. We knew about this, I think, right coming into it. And you know, I do. I think you are right about that. I feel like we did know about this match. So we haven't seen an AMW tag team with each other in, in quite some time. Am I correct about that? Let me try to look that uh, up. Yeah. Not since at least, definitely not since March, because that's when Chris Harris is, uh, or no, maybe even February. I'm going to try to take a look here during the entrances. It might be around February. Kakesh in Dallas. That's the only time that my name will be up on the screen in Universal Studios. That's not true. I feel like that if you were to get lost at Universal Studios, they'd put your name up there. Maybe. Okay, so we're in June. Dude, it's been... Cash. Okay, it looks... Let me just try to look quick and make sure I'm not screwing up here. Wow. Oh, wait. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. So you think March. I'm thinking, like, February. Well, if we're looking at pay-per-views, 
which we are, I'm going to say. Uh, it appears to be that January 21st was the last time they teamed together. They did team together on Explosion that was filmed on February 4th. Yeah, we're but, not counting that. Um, so they lost to the Red Shirt Security the last time that they were a team. Mm. And then Harris did a shit ton of singles. But there's some things like um, when they were supposed to fight like the Naturals and thing. I don't think that was supposed to be a handicap match. I think it was supposed to be a tag match and like, stuff like that. But right. Look at Cash Cat, the Heat Seeker, yelling at everyone in the crowd here. Looks like he's James probably, Storm is in the ring first. He's probably in heaven. Kid Cash. He gets to get heat on like casual fans or people who don't even know what's going on. Wait, hold on one second. We get to vote. We get to vote on TNAWrestling.com to vote who's going to get a title shot on next Wednesday's pay-per-view. I, I think it was about this match. Whoever wins, did we get to pick the opponents? This match has a 30-minute time limit. That's right. And if it goes to a draw, we have a judge waiting to help with the decision. And you know, Bob, at least one match tonight has to go to a draw in order for that to no make way. any sense. No way. No, they're definitely. If this match goes a half hour. I don't think it'll be this one. Smack my head against a piece of concrete because they kill me. Oh, stop. You're being dramatic. Well, yeah. A loss is a loss is a loss. Reminder, if you get disqualified, you do not keep the titles. Storm catapulting Cash with his feet, and then he delivers a close on. Here comes Wildcat Chris Harris. He failed to win the championship, and now he's been demoted back to the tag team. James Storm seems happy about it. Storm or uh, Harris, not so much. Bulldog out of the corner on Cash. And then Dallas makes the save. Oh, yes, I did. Now here comes Storm again. Axe handle onto the, onto the arm of Kid Cash. Come on, Cash. You got to retain the titles. Uh, Bob, I think we're getting a, a title change tonight. On the first yeah. TV, come on. How are we uh, not? Yeah, probably. Oh. He just freaking hung him right over the top rope there. Kid Cash. Oh, I thought he had SpongeBob on his pants, but no, it's just his Kid Cash logo. Do, you, do they give, like, all the people there a free impact shirt or what? There is a lot of white uh, impact shirts with, like, a black logo on them, so I think there's a really great chance. Assisted moonsault by Cash, thanks to Dallas, and then Dallas gets a two count on James Storm. Wait. And, uh, da- how did you feel about meeting James Storm? The tape machines are rolling. We're taking a break. Of course, we don't have commercial breaks in our version. And we're back. How, how did you feel about meeting uh, James Storm? That's pretty cool, man. I actually met him uh, at a TNA house show in like 2009. Mm. I just—I actually forgot about it. Here, I'll—I'll I'll show you the picture so you can laugh quick. During the uh, commercial, Storm 
delivered a uh, super kick to Cash, but he was unable to uh, get the victory. They brought well, April in. Why? <laughs> why is she there? Where's Lollipop? Dude, I, that's such a great question, though. Oh, look at you. Yeah, you like that thing on my head? Yeah, times have been changing. Yep. I met a lot of people at that show. JB. Did you go backstage? No, dude. They walked around ringside after the show. Daniels. Is that the, that, is that the fair? Uh, this one was the one at the On Center. Huh. That's why it's so dark. I also met Jay Lethal, Homicide. Oh, Kid Cash going for that oh. moonsault off of Dallas' shoulders, but he missed. Uh, I also met Consequences Creed, Earl Hebner as well at that show. It was pretty cool. It was really cool. Can he make the tag? Harris is waiting. Here comes Dallas, and here comes Harris. Played in those southpaw shots. Oh, sure, I'm closing it, but Dallas doesn't budge. Another one. He staggers maybe a little bit. He misses a clothesline. Harris? Goes for a crossbody. A crossbody. Two, two count. Off the middle rope there. We are uh, eight minutes into the match. Leaping clothesline. Did you see that? I saw it, Don. And the two count because Cash makes the save. So, Bob, we're roughly about halfway through the show. How do you feel about the, the countdown for the matches? Do you like it? Uh, I think to an extent I'm a little distracted by it because I feel like I'm looking at it. I am doing that as well, but I it overall I don't hate it. Oh look, Dallas I don't going hate for it. the blackout. Oh. Cash going for a splash. Hey, that has out. a name before the shock treatment. Oh, a spear by Harris. Oh wow. Okay, Cash. Good on that. Oh, Dallas with a big, big boot. boot. Dude, shout out to Lance Archer for retweeting us because he's been black hitting the blackout since early 2000s. That's right. Winning matches, baby. And he fucking blew up our Twitter for like hours after that. Holy shit. A roll that's up on a, Dallas. That's the finish? Wow. Wow. Oh my God, dude. Pyro and everything. Somebody had a gun. <laughs> wow. All right. Well. Wow. That wasn't a bad match either. I was just shocked by the... That was kind of... I don't want to say abrupt, but like... It was kind it of abrupt, like, man. They were like going all... Move, 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 and then bam, roll up. I think that's what it was. It was really like crazy for a second, and then the roll up kind of threw us off a little, but... Yeah. That was good. That was a fun match. That went under nine minutes. Which, I mean, TV-wise, if you go eight minutes, I mean, that's not bad. Uh-oh, who's that? It's definitely Dusty. Give me a break. I don't know who that is, dude. It's either Dusty Rhodes or Wee Man. It's fucking Dusty Rhodes. Holy fuck, Bob. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, we got a pilot package about international teams. Talking about the World X Cup. It showcased the amazing athletes of the X Division. Yep. Some clip, just some clips here, guys. Okay. Oh, there's Eric Young from the ladder. That was nuts. 
some teams showed world-class sportsmanship, while others took their own path. Oh. This Wednesday night, Jerry Lynn and Hector Garza and Heavy Metal to take Team Canada live and exclusively on pay-per-view. And oh, welcome back. In the ring. Oh. Oh, we have a special judge in attendance tonight. We've been talking about him. Oh, it's gotta yeah. be Dusty then. I don't know. Yeah. Is that an Ultimo Dragon mask right there? Oh, it looks like it. Yeah, the American Dream, the one and only. Yeah. What a shock. We get freaking fire, dude. Yeah, dude, Harlem Heat, man. <clears throat> when I think of fire, I think Dusty Rhodes. He's got a little pep in his step today. What is up with that? Is he going to be the new number one contender? Oh, shit. It could be. Okay, a lot of the crowd is chanting for him. That's the other ring girl that we see a lot. So we have April and the other ring girl, but we don't really know why. It's great to be part of the Impact debut. The Impact heard around the world. Oh, he's... 4,800 million. Con- <laughs> what? He, he was trying to say, like, how many homes that this is in, but. See, I wouldn't say stuff like that. Like, oh, there's uh, 48 million homes are getting this, and then we're still getting 10,000 buys on pay-per-view. Yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about the ratings of the show on, on next Wednesday, or next Thursday's episode. Mm-hmm. So talking about tradition. Tradition, Buddy Rogers, Jack Briscoe, Harley Race, Terry Funk, AJ Styles. He's listing names that nobody in that crowd knows. Historic, first ever King of the Mountain. Uh, uh. We we thought Jeff Jarrett was a brother in tradition. So, Bob, this is a way to reveal that you have a judge here without actually having to do the draw. So now I'm on your side. I don't know if there will be necessarily no a draw. Way. They're showing you, no hey, we, we have one here. This is him. He's a star. We're doing an interview. Well, our and... main event is a four-way match. Oh, shit. Oh, of course. That's the NBA right. World Champion, Jeff Jarrett. King of the Mountain. Coming out. All ah, white. Wow. All white, dude. <laughs> All white. Look at him yelling at the crowd on the little stage. 
Dude, he this is like this is his moment to be like Triple H on TV. Just annoying. <laughs> Always having a segment to be like Triple H. <laughs> yeah. Triple H's reign of terror from like what 2002 to 05, roughly until Batista beats him. So we're really at the tail end of that. So uh, Jeff Jarrett is like, here, I'll take over and I'll be the Triple H of TNA. Fair comparison, I would say, probably. Is he is he gonna survive? Rock. Oh no. <laughs> Dusty, look at you. What are you even doing here, Dusty? Dusty. I was 15, 16 years old. So we're getting a history lesson. I respected you. They're chanting elbow. Elbow. Hmm. I love how shot. Look at today. He still wants to hold the mic up for Dusty. Yeah, he's just waiting. I, he's like, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I'm trying to help you, Dusty. Dusty, I ain't joking. I'm trying to keep you from embarrassing yourself. This is disrespect. Does he need, you need 200 bucks? What do you need? <laughs> That's kind of funny. That was good. What do you need? 20, 50, 100, $200? Basically, why are you here? For Just for the money or what? But I love how it's like, you need 50 bucks. Like, <laughs> Dusty's there for a $50 payoff. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> I almost wish that he was. That was yeah, right. My ring. All right, I get it. You people. It's high noon in the wild, wild west. You're John Wayne. You're the rare. You're the sheriff. Oh, Jared's the local villain. Okay, I'm going to take five paces forward. We're going to have a shootout. All right, so he said he's, if you're not out of dodge, I'm going to run you out. So he's going to take steps. And if Dusty doesn't leave, sure, oh, shit. that's one, two, three, four. Five. Turn around to an elbow, right? Absolutely. Oh no, he's slapping him with the hat. <laughs> I just should just hit him with the elbow. I thought he was gonna do it there, and he still didn't do it. He still hasn't hit him with an elbow. Oh, Jeff making a comeback because he didn't get the elbow in, so he can make a comeback. Dusty's got to be fucking lost in a six-sided ring. Probably. He's probably trying to go into the corner. Like, wait, there's there's there's, there's too more many ropes. corners. Oh, here's Ron Killings. I was going to say, guess what match we're having next week, but now they might switch up. Oh, Killings going for a a high kick there, and yeah, he bounced off the top rope. 
That's how high it was. And oh, guitar. Was there ever a... Uh... There's BG James and Conan. Oh, he didn't get his release, so he's on Impact TV now. Was there ever a um a strat match, like a six-sided strat match where they had to touch all six corners? I don't know. You remind me a little of Eddie Van Halen. Without your guitar, you're nothing but a mortal man. This is BG James. I promise you this, Jeff Jarrett. I'm not singing your songs anymore. You have to answer to three live crew. What does that mean? Okay. Oh. Ah, Director of Authority, Vince Russo. That's Vince Russo. They're saying about Shane Douglas being the newest member of our broadcast team. So now how do we feel now how do we feel about that? I feel like Michael Shane should have just beat him then. I do agree with that. If they were in a transition, Michael Shane should have went over in that whole thing. Oh, we got more flashbacks. The first ever X Division match. Wasn't the first X Division match technically the six man tag? Yeah, I think he what he meant to say the first X Division title match. Title match, yeah. We perfected it. We brought it to a whole new level. This is Jerry Lynn speaking on the X Division. Showing the Eric Young clip again. Scott Hudson. These guys topped themselves. Jeremy Borash, the next evolution in the business. It's happening right here and happening now. Oh, so some really, really nice clips. I mean, over over the past almost two years here, we've gotten a lot of fucking great like clips of stuff that they could use to hype up like TV. Oh, so, yeah. Fresh, innovative, amazing, no limits. The X Division. Oh, Tanae was talking, but the video wasn't over yet. <laughs> and what's funny is that there's a production error on a tape show. Yeah, well. Look, there's Shane Douglas, dude. This is weird. He's wearing the same uh, button-up fancy shirt that Don West was wearing. Yeah. Standing here with Mr. Vince Russo. We know the three contestants. Who's number four in this X Division match? The winner faces Kazarian next Wednesday. Oh, I know who the fourth is. Wait till you find out. Who's the fourth guy? It's time for the huge X Division match. Oh, so, could it be uh, Brian Kent or Spanky? Oh, they have been hyping him up for a while, huh? Right, and he did get released. All oh, three are guys there. are in the ring. Skipper, Michael Shane, and... Oh. Saban. You hear the music, Bob? It's... Okay. It's AJ the phenomenal Styles. one. And yes, he's wearing the gear that comes with the ring I just bought. <laughs> of course. 
Wow. Okay, so AJ Styles officially kind of making his way back to the X Division here, Bob. We kind of so, knew what was going to happen. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, who they must be really going with Jarrett Killings is your main program. Yeah, I think they might be. Because now Harris is definitely in the tag team. Styles is next division. Ravens a heel. Okay, the bell is officially wrong. We have a 10-minute time limit on this four-way X division match. Winner faces Frankie Kazarian. Or I think he's just going by Kazarian now on Wednesday. If they didn't use the primetime nickname up top, you would have every single last name starting with the letter S. Wow. That's Fun actually time. really funny. That's well, it's interesting because that's how they referred to him on commentary. Which is just prime time. Right. Gutbuster by Michael Shane onto Chris Saban. Oh. AJ kicks him. They're already cheering. This is awesome. The match has just started. Oh. Nope. Skipper slipped up a little bit. Kind of go for a Hurricane Run on Styles. An assisted one. Do you think to an extent here that Skipper's kind of being used similar to how Shelton Benjamin has been used before? Or like Kofi Kingston too. I feel like that's a pretty fair like assessment. You're you're saying how because they're good and like essentially using him. Well, like there's always like, like oh he's walking the ropes or oh it's you know kind of prime time. Yeah, no, I see. So more of like a, a spot guy, like oh he has yeah. Like there's moves. like a memorable spot in a match. So like Shawn Benjamin, like Money in the Bank when he like runs up. Like, yeah. He's like kind yeah. of seems like that guy. Or Kofi, like, in the Royal Rumble. Oh, huge nice drop kick by Chris Saban. Saban is so good. Uh, dude. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know if I have to say it enough. Like, he's literally one of my favorite TNA guys, like, of all time. Yeah, dude, that was, that was good. And he's uh, still Skip- so good. And he's still wicked young. I mean, it's crazy. Right. Yeah. Skipper did, like, uh, that was a nice Ooh. spin kick there. But before he did the uh, slingshot... Larry, but he kind of messed it up a little bit, it looked like. We're at 41 minutes and two seconds if you're following along at home. Well, wheelbarrow. German, German suplex. Very nice by Michael Shane. You know what? I've been thinking a lot about Michael Shane, too. And I think, like, I feel like it's weird that he kind of essentially disappears. Like, he kind of just stops. And, like, you always say he doesn't do a lot of indie shows, really. At least not that we have on record. And, like, he's a good wrestler. It's just really weird to me. Well, he he was also a musician. So I wonder that when he wasn't doing TNA, he was doing stuff with his band. I don't know if I knew that. That's really interesting. AJ pulled Michael Shane out. No, you might be right about it. We're fighting ringside here. Countering Michael Shane with a suplex on the floor. Tilt to whirl. Oh, slam by Skipper. I thought Saban was going to counter, but I thought it was a flatliner. I it almost had thought that as well. Chain going for a, a DDT. It looked like Skipper play of the play day. day. Nope. nope, gets countered. Michael Shane, Fisherman DDT. Kick out Skipper. Don't do it. One. Nope. Well, I suppose he looked like he counted it too really fast, but it was just his arm movement. That was weird. 
There's a hail saving sign I just saw in the crowd. Yeah. Oh, I wonder what production assistant made that sign. I don't even care. Whatever. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Oh, moonsault into that reverse DDT oh. by Styles. One, two, save and breaks it up. I feel like we won't see natural signs probably like two months in. Two or three months in. I wouldn't be surprised about that. Oh, rolls through. Styles is behind Saban. He breaks out springboard tornado DDT onto Styles. That's beautiful. Two count. Styles is kicking out. Oh, he just bounced. He just moonsaulted off Skipper's back, which dropped him to the floor, and then he gave him a basement drop kick there. Michael Shane slams him down. No. What's he going to do? Well, Shane, going high risk. Here. I'm Shawn Michaels' nephew. No, he's a cousin. cousin. He's a cousin. I'd actually like it better, I think, if he was the nephew. Oh, he gets thrown oh. and he gets crouched on the rope. Of course, dude. The debut edition, See? you got to show this off. Holy shit, to the floor? Oh, I thought he was going to the ring. That's the first time he's done it to the floor. That was you know crazy. What, dude? It's TV, so you got to go big. You got to go big. Got to get that TV. Saban, time. going for a German. Styles lands on his feet. Oh, vicious chop. Back elbow by Saban, though. Oh, he tosses Saban out, but he hits a, a dive on to Skipper. The crowd's going pretty nuts here. And there he goes. Dive to skip. Skipper. That's the announce table right there, I believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there it is. That's a better view of it. Big impact logo on the front. Bob, you will never see that broken, ever. Sucks, man. I really wanted Chipotle for life. Cradle shock? No. Nope. Nope. Michael Shane gets out of it. Sends Saban's shoulder first into the ring post. Oh, he's looking for the super kick. But yeah, sneaking in. On apron. Springboard. Somersault. Sunset flip. Sunset flip. Nope. Oh. Styles clash. Styles clash. Oh, he hits it. Is that going to be it? One, two, three. And he gets it. Wow. Oh, I can't say that surprised me. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, here comes Frankie Kazarian, the coolest guy in the world. And he's saying good job. That's really nice of him. What a supportive guy. So, Styles, back in the X Division, he gets a shot at Kazarian on Wednesday. Fireworks for a number one contendership? It's a bit much. They're trying to make these these wins feel big, man. I mean, it's just a number one contendership. Yeah, he just won that. He didn't win a title or nothing. Don't forget, this one's in it. We'll see you next week on Impact, but we'll see you Wednesday, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> there we go, man. We went right. off the air. That wraps it up. Um, I mean, I would say that was a good episode. Yeah, man. Uh, that was awesome. That was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, that was not bad. Uh, and if you if everyone's curious, that went forty six minutes and sixteen seconds. That's right. Uh, yeah, uh, I think that was a lot of fun. I think that the production value alone, like, is like awesome. Like they've really stepped it up, which I think brings me to wonder how the pay-per-view are they going to try to step it up a little bit on the pay-per-view obviously we aren't going to get the tunnels we're not going to necessarily get pyro because we're in the little um the the asylum there at the fairgrounds but i don't know maybe they'll will they bring in some of the different lighting effects maybe i know obviously it's a this is made for tv these studios at universal but can we translate because your pay-per-view shouldn't look worse than your like right. tv show right um I'm assuming, and I think it's a safe assumption, that we will be getting the six-sided ring at the pay-per-view Wednesday. I feel like we have to, right? You have to, because you want to keep the shows looking relatively the same. I don't think it would make sense to have your TV show have six-sided ring and then on your pay-per-view, it's four-sided. Right. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, Yeah, I think think it will be six-sided there. And, uh, I mean, we don't know exactly what's going on with Jared, I guess, technically. But we do know, at least now we know, that uh, it's going to be Styles and Kazarian. Styles, Kazarian, man. I think Styles is winning the X Division Championship. Yeah, so do I. I think that's... Yeah. And then our champions would be essentially, what, Jared, AMW, and, and Styles, which I think... I mean, that's... That sums up TNA, I think, in the first two years. Right. So, like, is it really a bad decision, especially like knowing where the company's going to go? I don't. I don't really think so. I think. I think it's a pretty. It's a safe choice, but I don't think it's a bad choice. Yeah. And it's safe because as the company's evolved over the past two years, that that's our standout people, really. Right. I mean, obviously. Um, there's been other great heavyweight champions and everything, but Jared's a, Jared's a big one. Styles Styles is arguably the biggest star that they've made and we've seen kind of come up, you know. And then AMW, biggest tag team. I mean, you can't even deny that. Yeah. I'm excited, man. No way. This is I am a, too. I mean, this is, like you said, we've been waiting essentially two years for this moment. We started the uh, listen. We could have just started right here, and I would have been great. But to see the last two years of shows, and just to think, Bob, next week's episode, episode one hundred next week, dude. And we're here. We're, we're finally at the point where the stuff that I want, why I wanted to do this podcast, right? It's impact. Uh, it's impact in 04, 05, and, and beyond. I mean, it's only going to go up from here, at least. I really hope so. Because uh, we are still on a, on a winning streak here. Now, I'm going to be separating our pay-per-views and our impact. Sure. Uh, our ratings. Um, but it's safe to say we're on a winning streak. I believe we're at, this is tech, if you want to count the pay-per-views, ninth show in a row. Thumbs up. That's that's a that's good momentum heading into your first TV show, and then you do a a good TV show. Oh yeah. So. Well. And I I think that if I was a casual viewer and I had just watched that, I'd be like, oh okay, 
that was well, that's, good, that's, that's what, good stuff. I was going to ask you that too. Like if this was your first exposure, are you, are you happy? Are you like, okay, I might need to check this out. Your channel flipping 3 PM on Friday. You maybe just got home from school. I uh, you I see can it. tell you I can tell you right now if 2004 Bob so I would have been what I just would have turned 15. <clears throat> I turn on the show. Um, I realistically I probably wouldn't have cared about the first six man tag. I would have enjoyed it, but I wouldn't necessarily have cared. But I'm telling you right now I know how I am, and back then, the moment I saw Abyss. For the first time, if that was the first time that I saw him, mm-hmm. I'd be like, dude, that's my guy. Right. I've always liked the creepy, dark, big man kind of characters, like Mankind. I was hooked on Mankind when I was fucking six, seven or whatever it was. Six or seven years old when I first saw him. Right. So, yeah, that, that was for sure that... Um, and then, yeah, like AJ and stuff. I mean, Skipper doing that to the floor. I'd be like, what the hell is, what am I watching? What is going on? Yeah. Not I to say I, that, not to say WWE wasn't doing similar things, but I mean, these are people you don't even know. Well, right. But that's how you get the people most- to be interested in those people you don't know. So I think yeah. even for me, it's like, I loved wrestling. Like, it, I think if I saw something new like this, I don't see why I wouldn't have been open to it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I don't think I was as smart as, as, as far as, wrestling as Bob was at the same time, because Bob's a little bit older than I am, but I would have got hooked. And you know what? And soon I did. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, it happened when I found, when I, as soon as I found it, dude, I was like, this is fucking awesome. So it happened just not right at this perfect time. Right. Um, well, I don't know if I can say much else good, unless you want me to just keep saying how great that was. But Wednesday, yeah. we got a big X division match. We are kind of heading in the direction of Jarrett Killings getting a rematch. Mm-hmm. Dusty's potentially involved in that. I bet you uh, maybe a refer- special referee or something I could see or an enforcer. Right. Um, AMW, new tag team champions. We are sure to get a rematch, whether that's on the pay-per-view or on TV again next week. Who knows what's going to happen with that. And uh, give us Monty Brown next week, please. On the Monty TV. Brown, Raven, come on. Raven, right, right. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to this uh, new stretch of uh, shows with Impact. I hope everybody listening is as well. Our next episode: it's Styles and it's Kazarian Exhibition Championship, and it's on Thursday. And it's on so Thursday, guys, guys. Don't forget it. We drop in early now. Thursday. You should. You should be subscribed to us anyway, so it should just pop in your feed when it does. But if you don't see it on Wednesday, don't be like, "Whoa, it's over." No, we're still going. Just on Thursday. Just until Thursdays. then, until then, for Dallas Greeley, I'm Bob Collins Jr., and this has been the TNA Crossline Podcast.